what do you think the reason and or agenda is for the technological leap within the past 100 years is? Um, and I guess what, what do you think the end game is in your opinion? Well, with this, w- w- I guess with this burst te- in technology, I would say at least well, all of this since is the 19th century. All of this is headed towards a post human paradigm on planet Earth, a paradigm in which the human species, the homegrown genetic natural human species, is nearly exterminated from the earth not completely but certainly will become the minority in the future and post-humanism involves all kinds of biological technologies as well as artificial intelligence it's the it's the amalgamation of all of these technologies that is going to give rise to a post-human apocalypse really Uh, a scenario that i believe is illustrated in the book of revelation but we have and have had for several decades a host of different technologies that have been developing along uh, the exponential girth uh, uh, along the the along an exponential growth curve in other words uh, their capacity has been doubling and tripling uh, every year the technology has been accelerating along this exponential growth curve model. Ray Kurzweil talks about this quite a lot. And it's, so you have, for example, you have genetic engineering, you have nanotechnology, you have robotics, you have artificial intelligence, um, and a handful of other technologies that are, progressing concurrently and and they're and they're currently uh, converging they're presently converging even as we speak these technologies are coming together you know when you take these technology any of these technologies such as nanotechnology and you plug in artificial intelligence you greatly enhance the capability of that technology so i just interviewed alana freeland uh, a couple days ago yeah Artificial intelligence. Right now, we're undergoing a tremendous transformation in society. Congress is playing with the idea of pumping the brakes on artificial intelligence, but it's not just artificial intelligence. It's not just AI. It's all these other, um, it's all these other technologies that are developing, as I said, concurrently at a at breakneck speed. Um, you can't you can't stop this momentum. It's impossible. You know, even if the United States pumps the brakes on artificial intelligence, China's not going to do that. Um, AI can make calculations much faster than human beings can make calculations. So the application for warfare uh, is is frightening, frankly. Um, we're going to be turning over much of our um, much of our human applications in society to artificial intelligence. Little by little, even you know, beginning on the most fundamental level, our our brick and mortar stores, the way that those operate, are going to be turned over to artificial intelligence. You're going to have rarely a human being working in one of those in in a, in a brick and mortar store anymore, especially grocery stores and fast food restaurants. That's where it's going to start, and already has started. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might have one human being in the building just to make sure that the uh, everything is operating properly. And that's not going to be a, you know, a grocery bagger. That's going to be a robotics engineer or something like that. 
or or a programmer, a software engineer, somebody who can uh, correct uh, errors in the software and the in the AI or in the robotics. Um, and so gradually, much of our society is going to be turned over to artificial intelligence. Um, the human species is, and this is the way that Elon Musk is looking at it, is going to have to upgrade itself if it's going to compete with artificial intelligence and even be relevant for the future. Um, I've said this on several occasions, and I think that people need to realize that the fourth industrial revolution that Klaus Schwab talks about at the World Economic Forum is a is a revolution that does not require many human beings, which is which is quite astounding because the first industrial industrial revolution needed needed millions of human beings to be involved in manufacturing. Yeah, we had the we had the industrialized mechanics. We had the machines that we created to be able to industrialize. Um, industries, different, all, all diff, um, many different interest, industries, such as agriculture, for example, uh, manufacturing. But but these technologies required human beings to be working on the conveyor belts, to be um, doing all sorts of things. We had to feed the raw materials into the machines. We had to process. We had to package. We had to do all of this, and it required a large human workforce in order to succeed. The first industrial revolution. It was the the engine of the industrial revolution was was the human workforce. In fact, um, famously, uh, during the first industrial revolution, uh, or I should say, infamously, um, or rather. One of the one of the most tragic byproducts of the Industrial Revolution was so many children, young children who lost their childhoods because they had to work in factories. There's extreme poverty and and the factories would employ children. And I'm talking five, six, seven year olds who would work eight, 10 hours a day because it, there was such a need for human involvement uh, um, human, um, uh, let's say human human capital was required to make the first industrial revolution work. Well, that's not true anymore for the fourth industrial revolution. It does not require that kind of in, involvement from human beings. It's artificial intelligence. In fact, it's the opposite. The fourth industrial revolution is going to make the human species somewhat irrelevant it will be able to operate through artificial intelligence self-replicating machines robots that replace human beings and it really creates a scenario where where human beings are outdated outmoded and so in order to catch up with in order to catch up with artificial intelligence um the idea is that human beings need to upgrade their physiology, their biology, beginning with their cerebral cortex through Neuralink and other technologies that connect the brain directly into, uh, connect the, the, let's call it the, uh, the, the hardware and software of the brain into the hardware and software of technology. Um, so it's a merging of man and machine. Interestingly enough, this is called cyborg. Um, I just lost the uh, the term for it, the exact term for it. I, I want to call it uh, uh, 
cybergenic cybogenic no it's a there's a there's a um i i I almost called it cyborg theology um it's a (laughs) philosophy what it is let's call it cyborg philosophy i can't remember the exact terminology for it that was that was being uh, propagated in the universities years ago and then and 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 the the philosophy was preparing at the at the university level was preparing intellectuals for the merging of men and machines cyborg theory um was preparing was pre- was preparing humanity was in, was created in anticipation of mankind merging with machines and blurring the line between human and cyborg for example and and we are now on the cusp of this reality so um i know that let's be specific to neuralink neuralink is is going to begin human trials very shortly and once that begins um once you have a safe interface mechanism between the brain and technology the brain and the internet for example of those who receive this upgrade will be vastly more intelligent than the rest of us and 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 the jobs that will be available in the future will only be available to people who are upgrading their biology because the rest of us are 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 practically irrelevant we won't be able to keep up with artificial intelligence and so uh, and certainly with those who ha- who are integrating themselves is that why Elon into- Musk thinks we need a halt on it right now because we possibly well, what yes, because artificial intelligence is going to run away. I mean, this think about. I didn't mean to interrupt um, you on that. It's going to eliminate. It's going to eliminate many jobs very, very quickly. And I'm not just talking about blue collar jobs. I'm not talking about uh, you know the teenagers working at McDonald's. I'm talking about creative jobs. We're talking about screenwriters. We're talking about artists. We're talking about um, engineers. Gone gone not nobody will be able to compete with artificial intelligence in any of those realms um artificial intelligence will be able to write better scripts for movies it, because it's going to be it's going to be pulling from the collective creative um um uh, what's the word i'm looking for here the 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 let's call it the creative force of humanity collectively because it's tapped into social media. It's tapped into the internet, all facets of the internet. The internet so of things, to, what they call on it, the internet of things or something like yeah, that. Yeah. The intellectual, that's what I meant. The, the collective intellectual property is what I wanted to say of the human species. It's tapping into that and it's tapping into that creativity because it's interfacing through social media we are interfacing with artificial intelligence and so it's learning what humans like it's learning um to mimic our creativity and it will it's it already can outdo us in terms of concept art i mean we all know by now that you can go to midjourney for example on discord and type in people are typing in all the time now donald trump you know, being arrested <laughs> and, in a, and in a the orange jumpsuit and and it's it's pumping out these incredibly detailed pictures, uh, images, and it does it in a matter of seconds, 15, 30 seconds. You can have, get any kind of image you can imagine. Have you tried Have you looked at chat GPT? Yes, I play. Oh, with my chat gosh. GPT, like chat GPT and, and also the mid journey image generating artificial intelligence. And my my initial thought was this is the end of human intellectual property 
it, it, the the artificial intelligence is going to um, completely replace human creativity and already is. Um, so and all Tim, of these creative and, jobs are gone. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm getting kind of fired. You fire me up here because it's this is these are scary times, trying times. And imagine what just chat GPT. I'm not talking about everything else. I'm not talking about everything else, but the other ones too. That's what's available in the public domain. Like imagine what they have with artificial intelligence and the dark world that's covered in a veil of secrecy. Right. And the reason why, you know what I mean? mean, the, The reason why it's in the public domain is because it's a toddler. It has to learn. And so by interacting with us, it's learning. It's learning our preferences. It's learning our fears, our hopes. It's learning. It's, it's learning to mimic our intelligence and our creativity. And so all of these jobs, like writing articles, for example, um, for a newspaper or for, you know, a newspaper that's uh, old hat, you know, writing articles for, on social media now, that's going to be totally taken over by AI. I mean, how can you compete? The AI will be able to write a perfect article, no spelling errors, perfect grammar, and much better articulated than any human being and be able to do it in 10 seconds. So it's over. It's over. We've crossed the the proverbial rubicon there's no turning back ai is here to stay and it is going to um, make human beings irrelevant um and so post-humanism is inevitable because it's going to drive the need for the human species to forcibly evolve that's called directed evolution ultimately we are going to evolve out of adam by both necessity and desire desire to become like the gods um, who are going to show up at some point. But uh, this is where we are headed. This is not a conjecture, as you well know. This is current reality. Now, when I wrote these things in my book, none of this was around really, really in the public view yet. And that was just in 2020. I published the book. Since 2020, um, we now have chat GPT. We now have uh, AI image generating software. Um, we now have robotics that are becoming perfected to the level uh, where they're already able to uh, surpass human capabilities in terms of our our physical capabilities. And what I'm re- referencing here is the Boston Dynamics robots that are humanoid, um, that are already you know doing parkour, that are already uh picking up guns and shooting perfect bullseyes at ranges um these robots have already surpassed so i want you to understand the robots have already surpassed the physical capabilities of the human species and artificial intelligence has already surpassed the intellectual capability of the human species what happens when you combine those two things together what happens when you take um ai and you stick it in the robot i mean you 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 have a, at the very least, what you have is a template for technocratic tyranny, the likes of which we could not even imagine t- 10 years ago. And and we will see technocratic tyranny. There's no question about it. Um, if we don't need, see, we're already being told that the planet, that humans are bad for the planet, that there's too many of us, uh, that we're destroying the earth, climate change and all of that. Um, well, add into the equation now we're irrelevant. We don't we're no longer needed. They don't need us, the elites, the technocrats, they don't need us to produce things anymore. In fact, they won't even need us to buy things anymore in the future, honestly. So 
if the consumer is no longer necessary and if the human workforce is no longer necessary, then what good is the human species in the mind of the technocrat? The human species, that's like a plague on planet Earth. What good are we? No, we're, we're no good at all. In fact, we need to obsolete. be eradicated. We need to be controlled. The population needs to be reduced to a very small, manageable a population just to preserve the human species while the technocrats govern the earth through technology. Um, that's where we are. This is not a science fiction anymore. This is where we are. And it's only going to accelerate into the future. And in my book, I expound on why I believe these things are happening, what the end goal is. And it has to do with, uh, you know, in a nutshell, it has to do with humanity losing our birthright on earth we will no longer have the authority to govern the earth that was given to us by god because we will transition out of adam and into a post-human condition and therefore forfeit and thereby forfeit our birthright which is dominion of the earth and it's it's so it's it at its core you know you talked about the occult at its core the, the the machinations of the technocratic elite and the things that are unfolding on the earth, presently unfolding on the earth, are Luciferian. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Man, your your knowledge on this. I know I know you, you talked about it in your book, but Tim, man, I would love to see you put this down like just a book on this. Like like straight up just transhumanism genetic genetic engineering uh post you talk about it in your book but man your knowledge on this i've heard you talk about it before but just hearing you now like through the cosmic airways here man i would love to see everything that in that brain of yours like every chapter is some type of facet of this because these are definitely trying times that we live in and you talked about something a while ago i forgot what you said i forgot what you said and I had a note here. Um, so can artificial intelligence ever truly replicate human emotions and yes. what it truly means to be human? Or do our it's gonna mimic it's or, just gonna mimic human emotion? I mean, let's put it this way. Well, I had more on that, but or, or if do you our, can mimic if you can mimic human human emotion, which artificial intelligence can, if you can mimic it, and, and of course it's getting better all the time. Um, if you can mimic human intelligence if you can mimic human creativity then then really what distinguishes you from a human being obviously ai is not human but for all intents and purposes you won't know in the future if you're interacting with a human being or ai you won't know right in fact you won't know if the videos you're watching or the images you're viewing were created by a human being or by completely by artificial intelligence listen i guarantee you that somebody out there is already thinking about how to use artificial intelligence to produce movies. Um, uh, photorealistic movies from A to Z, every aspect of production, basically being done for free to produce a movie. The music, the, 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 every scene, every camera angle. Um, it, it is well within the bounds of AI right now to do that. Right now. Um, we are one, moving into One kid already, already killed themselves over this. We're moving into uncharted territory. We are a generation, okay, that will see the end of humanity. And I don't and, and I don't believe that the end of humanity is coming in the next 10 years, but we're going to see the beginning of the end of the human species. Uh, the transhumanist 
World Economic Forum's profit, because that's that's really what 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 he what his function is for the World Economic Forum. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari is going around saying all over the world that within one to two hundred years the human species is gone. There will be no more human beings left on planet Earth. Now, I predicted that in my book, the exact same time frame before Harari, or at least before I had ever heard Harari make that statement, because had I known he was making that statement, I would have included it in my book. But I made that prognostication based on the time frame of when I believe the end of the age is coming. And, and I believe very strongly that the end of the age is one to 200 years off because an age is 2,160 years. And it was that we're in the age of Pisces, which corresponded to the birth of Christ, which took place around four BC. So we are right in that time frame. So the very end of the age of Pisces literally corresponds to, to Harari's prediction that there will no, be no more human beings left on the earth. Now, let me say that there will be human beings left on the earth. Because there's always going to be a remnant. There's always going to be a, a resistance. You will have humanity still alive, but we will be in the minority. We will be in the minority. Most of humanity will transition into a post-human condition. And the, the dominion of the earth, the birthright of Adam, it's, it's corporate. It doesn't just belong to the good guys. It belongs to all of humanity, good, bad, or indifferent. It's corporate. And so if you have the majority of the human species relinquishing their birthright, then 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 you have a a wholesale relinquishment of the birthright of Adam on Earth. And see, that's the end game. And that's why in the book of Revelation, you have this character who we call the Antichrist, the beast who arises in the earth. And the Bible says the book of Revelation says that he is he is permitted to rule for a while. Why? Because he is authorized to do so. I don't believe he's going to be fully human. He's going to be hybrid, and he will usurp the dominion of Adam on earth for a time. And what is the purpose of this usurpation? It is to make war with God. Nothing less than Armageddon, which is war with God, war with Christ returning to the earth. That's the end game. And, and there's no question about that. No question about that. What do you see arising in the earth right now? What is the spirit, the general spirit of the age, is antichrist. That's what the spirit is. It is it is anti-everything that, the order of creation, everything that God has established and put into place uh, is being challenged and defied. Because we're moving from denial to defiance. We're moving from atheism, the denial of God, to apotheotheism, the open defiance of God. That's the difference. Apotheotheism is a term that I coined in my book. And, and, and what it is, it is, it is the amalgam of, of apotheosis, which is the deification of mankind, and deism, which is a belief in the gods. And so when you take apotheo, rather, when you take um, um, apotheosis, the deification of man, and you blend it with a belief in the gods, what you have is a religion which declares the gods exist and we shall become like them. And when I say the gods exist, I don't mean Zeus, I don't mean um, Jupiter, I don't mean the gods of the Greeks and Romans and Babylonians. I'm talking about extraterrestrial entities, advanced extraterrestrial entities who make an appearance and who people, for, for, for all intents and purposes, they will be gods in comparison to us because of their technology, 
because of their superior physiology. And we will be invited to become like them. It's full circle all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You shall be like the gods. That was the original temptation of the Garden of Eden, and it will be the final temptation for mankind. We're going to sell our birthright for a bowl of stew. And that bowl of stew is is life extension. It's the eradication of genetic Crickets. diseases. <laughs> Crickets. It's, 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 it's artificial intelligence. Uh, it's interfacing with AI through our brain, interfacing with the internet through our brain. It's virtual reality, being able to interface with virtual reality. Imagine this right now. See, right now we, we put on the Oculus on our, on our heads or, or some other uh, VR device to interface with a virtual world. Well, in the future, that won't be the case. In the future, your brain will be interfacing with a virtual world. You, like you will literally be able to inhabit a virtual world in your mind, touch it, smell it, taste it because it will be directly interfacing with your cerebral cortex. So you're going to have masses of human beings who are living most of their reality on Earth in the virtual world in, in conjunction with all these other things that are unfolding on the Earth. Robots will be patrolling our streets instead of police officers. That's done. That's done. Okay? Why? What is the what is the big deal in the United States right now with with the left defund the police? We don't want biased racist police out there. Well, the ultimate solution to that is going to be to replace the police with robots. Mm. And robots will be much more efficient than police officers, by the way. And you won't have to pay them. You see, the city won't have to pay the robots. It's a one time, you know, they'll have to pay somebody to to they'll have to pay a team of engineers to maintenance them. But that's it. You see, that's why human beings are going to become irrelevant for the future, for the industry of the future. We are on the cusp of total irrelevance and annihilation of the human species. Of course, again, let me add the caveat. No, I do not believe that every human being will be gone. Um, I think that there will be a remnant. There will be those who resist. <laughs> you know, it will be very much like... Well, maybe not very much like, but perhaps something like the Terminator films in which you have this uh -huh. human resistance that's resisting the the dominance of AI and, ro and the robots. Um, that resistance, we are the resistance, is literally going to be a reality in the future. There will be homegrown human beings, factions of human beings from different walks of life, different religions, different backgrounds. Many, many of them will be Christians, but not exclusively Christians, who will resist the transition into a post-human condition. They will resist it at all costs and, and will do whatever they have to do to survive outside of the system because you won't be able to participate in that system if you don't have the upgrades. You literally will not be able to participate because if you're not interfacing with the internet through your cerebral cortex and you don't have all of the biological upgrades and you don't have all have all of the biometrics that's that allows you to access your bank account for example uh you simply will you're opting out you're opting out of society at that point and living who knows how living like the amish i guess um but that is the reality of the future. There's no stopping it. This is not science fiction. It's already beginning to unfold. We haven't even discussed the genetic revolution, which is coming and is already yep. underway to some mm -hmm. extent. 
the demolition of the current order is necessary. That's why we're seeing the controlled demolition of America. Um, and basically what we're going to see in the future that will dominate the geopolitical landscape is a technocratic one world government. And everybody knows, you know, the new world order, the one world government. Well, that's because the one world government is, 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 and has always been the goal of these occultists and of these technocratic elite. And now they have the tools to, to do it and they'll just continue to manufacture uh, crises that will increasingly convince the nations that we need a, that we need to consolidate political and military power. And what kind of crises, there's two kinds of crises that will accelerate this. Uh, there's three actually. The first one is artificial intelligence, which we're dealing with right now. The second is extraterrestrial incursion, an alien threat. And the third crisis is a, a cataclysm, mm -hmm. some kind of a natural cataclysm, be it a comet, be it uh, or weather modification, pole shift, something yeah. like that. Um, any one of those three things or all of those three things together are going to require a global response. Climate change is just they're just this is just the the opening salvo to where all of this is going. Climate change is going to go away very quickly, and it's going to be replaced with these other crises, um, which are going to, to be immediate threats and real threats, by the way. The alien threat, which I talk about in my book, is going to be a clear and present danger and is going to require a global response. And the only way you can sufficiently um, have a global response is some kind of a global governing body that overrides the nation state now how close are we to that i would say we are probably 10 20 years away from that people scoff and they get angry when they hear me say that it's not going to happen tomorrow but but you have to approach this logically and you have to understand that the the technologies require time to to develop to to mature they require time it's it's not ready yet. David Icke oh. calls it the the totalitarian tiptoe. Mm. That's the right. Drip, the drip drip method, because if you've or the bull and frog syndrome, you know, and and and, and you was talking about microchip. I also have a quote from I don't believe in all of David Icke stuff, but a lot of his material is very good. You know, uh, the biggest secret, which was what ninety nine two thousand oh one or something like that, but he. It says Illuminati controlled Princeton University was involved in the development of the very chip along with the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Dr. Peter Zhu, Z-H-O-U, was the chief scientist at DigitalAngel.net, incorporated a wholly owned sub subsidiary of, of Applied Digital. He stresses the benefits for people becoming human robots connected to a satellite. Hence, Neuralink. And he said, and this was back 20 five years ago and he said he was excited about his chips ability to save lives by monitoring medical conditions and giving the exact location to rescue services i predicted many years ago that this would be one of the ways they would sell the chip to people when the time came for its introduction i also said that another marketing ruse would be to stress that if 
you microchip your children, you would always know where they were. This is indeed being used now after the success of the chip your dog and you'll never lose him campaign. That was a part of the totalitarian, here it is, tiptoe to microchip people. The more more children that go missing or murdered and the more they promote the danger of pedophiles in the community, the more likely parents are to be frightened into microchipping their kids. David Ike, the biggest secret. Right. We're way beyond chips at this point. Exactly. Um, and, uh, we're oh, sort of I, we're we're gonna we're going to we're going to pole vault over the whole chip thing straight into the cerebral cortex interface with technology. Um it's it's much more advanced than that. I mean, everybody thought the RFID chips and stuff was going to be the big deal. And and the truth is that we we are so far beyond that at this point. Um you know, I don't think he had a reference point though back then. The ref- only reference point then was, I guess, microchip. If if something like Neuralink what it was involved then, or something similar like this this brain to computer interface, whatever, I'm sure he'll put some kind of connection to that. Well, certainly Ike is a very intelligent man, and and I think that he's been absolutely correct on many of these things that he foresaw coming down the pike. Um, as 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 has Alex Jones been correct about many of the things that he mm-hmm. prognosticated uh, years and years ago? Yep. And so, with that said, with what I read about uh, with that quote from the Biggest Secret, um, this is another tool in the dystopian toolbox that is being used. This is how to implement this type of technology to the public. When people are in a constant state of fear, the people become more easily controlled and manipulated to where the manipulators in the shadows can steer humanity in whatever direction they wish. And to us, we are almost in a trance-like state while being in, sub- in a subconscious state of Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome, where we do not see that we are being steered into this dystopian AI future while mm-hmm. ever having a psychological bond with these one percenter puppet masters. What's your thoughts on that? I agree. That would be the technocratic elite. You see, technocrats have something that no one else has ever had, no other tyrants in human history. They have the agency of advanced technology. And they have a totally complicit and and technology-addicted populace who they can bend at their will. Uh, I, you know, Richard Dolan, the ufologist, very good ufologist, Mm -hmm. coined the phrase breakaway civilization many years ago to describe what he believes is this technocratic elite who have been in possession of technology that is thousands of years, certainly hundreds of years in advance of what we have now because of crash retrievals and reverse engineering alien technology that this group of people have evolved, technologically speaking, so far beyond the rest of us that they constitute a new society, a breakaway society. And, uh, you know, the let's assume for a moment that this is true, that that we have we have retrieved, we've recovered alien technology, reverse engineered it and 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 have been able to uh, to manufacture it, some of it, at least, and have done so in secret technologies that are far beyond anything that we have today, not just propulsion technologies, all different kinds of technologies um, that we haven't even contemplated, right, in, 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 in society. And these individuals have been developing this technology behind the scenes. And so they have cures for all kinds of diseases. They have 
They have exotic propulsion systems. Who knows what they would have? I mean, uh, it's it's conceivable that if, if this is the case, that these individuals could already be could already own real estate on the surface of Mars. Mm-hmm. I mean, these individuals could could have bases, you know, on the on the moon. They they could have underground cities with advanced technology. And and I do believe there's truth to that idea of a breakaway civilization. And those are the people, by the way, who I'm calling the technocratic elite. When I say technocratic elite, I'm talking about individuals who are in possession of technology that far exceeds anything we can even imagine. And then also will be able to wield and dominate with the kind of technologies we see developing now, such as, again, to illustrate, take the the Boston Dynamics robots that can do parkour, right? Mm-hmm. Backflips and run around and you push them and they and they and they and they they have a balancing system and much stronger than we are. And take artificial intelligence that's being developed right now and stick that artificial intelligence into that robot. That's where we're going. I mean, uh, you can imagine. They may the already have it. They may already have it in the black world. Maybe in the future, all of our aircraft will be piloted remotely by artificial intelligence. It's all going to be drones. All of it. All of it. There will be no more human pilots. And and you won't even have pilots operating the drones like we do now with the Predator drones. Mm. No, because those pilots can't make decisions as fast as AI. So it will be AI piloting the drones. It will be It will be AI piloting the tanks. And if there's going to be any kind of... Uh, quote unquote people on the battlefield it's going to be robots not going to be human beings um it, robots by the way can operate in space so I, I have a question that's coming up but i don't want to ask it just yet but what did this ai tim what did this ai they create that they become so sentient that that they create their own virus or whatever and they implement it worldwide I don't believe AI will ever make decisions that are not directed by human beings. There's no impetus. There's no purpose. AI doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't have an impetus. It doesn't have a why. That's what's missing from the AI. What if these dystopian elites, these technocratic dystopian elites, they somehow, somehow, maybe that's the reason why so many people, they go missing in these national parks that people are being abducted by the let's say the military abductions or whatever, whatever case may be in these deep underground military bases. What yes, if they, well, I think what that's if, what's happening. What if they are trying to, they're experimenting on us because they are trying to extract, somehow learn the soul, the consciousness. Or, or, the or they're just using, or they're already and have been for decades taking. And they, they want to transplant. Force. And they want to transplant. Plant that's that. right. Abducting human beings, taking them down to the underground bases and, 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 and doing scientific experiments, integrating AI with human with the human brain and and cybernetics and genetic modification, genetic engineering. Yes, I think it's that dark. I think it's that grotesque, chills, man. And evil. <laughs> and and I think they're doing it with children, and they're doing it with adults for different experimentation. Yes, yes, they are. Look at the evil that's in the open. Look at the the rampant degeneration that's playing out in front of our eyes 
what about the evil and degeneration that's playing out behind the scenes? What's good? The evil behind the curtain is always going to be magnitudes, orders of magnitude worse than what we see in the open. And so I'm telling you that uh, that these things are happening and uh, and they are happening in under, deep underground military bases. And that it, gives me chills to say that because does, that's one of the most man. dangerous things that you could probably say. Uh, do, do you think they will ever reach that full singularity where they can get that consciousness that they are experimenting no, with? I don't think a machines. machine can be conscious. A machine can only mimic. It can mimic anything any emotion it can mimic us um but see consciousness there's an impetus there's a purpose to consciousness is that why every, they need hybrids though is that why they need well, hybrids? well consider this every biological creature that exists on earth naturally in nature has a purpose mm -hmm. and they're they all have an impetus that impetus is to reproduce that impetus is to survive propagate um when you when it comes to the higher conscious creatures like apes and humans elephants the purpose goes a little bit beyond just reproduction there's emotional connections there's empathy right and these are the this is the impetus that drives living creatures the impetus that was installed into this software this biological software by god from the beginning so that life can flourish and and as it pertains to human beings our purpose goes beyond just flourishing on the earth our purpose originally was to interface and have fellowship with god okay so we're, we that separates us from the apes for example but artificial intelligence has no purpose in and of itself it has no impetus there is no life force in artificial intelligence the impetus the purpose has to be provided by somebody else and so i don't believe that a machine can gain consciousness in the sense that it has its own purpose its own self-worth its own understanding of why it exists uh that will always have to be provided by somebody else by by an intelligence that is not machine-like that is not mechanical but that is rather biological in origin and that has that spark of life that divine spark of life which a machine does not now for all intents and purposes you won't be able to tell the difference between ai and human consciousness you won't but i do not believe that ai will ever be innately conscious like we are um but again it will mimic consciousness that it will almost be irrelevant the question will almost be irrelevant because can, it will be able to mimic human consciousness can it mimic it to the point of possibly writing code, not being well, not, will, not to, to, to where tells, it, it, it gives it gives the world's computers and everything else in the world some type of virus, and, and we're in that dystopian nightmare. If human beings tell it to do that, if human beings teach it to do that, then it will. Um, the you know one of the one of the hallmarks of the singularity is that artificial intelligence will be able to replicate itself. In other words, robots will be able to build robots. And artificial intelligence will replicate itself. Reproduce, right? We can look at it in that, that, in, in that way. We're very close to that. Robots can build robots already. Mm -hmm. and, and not only build robots, but improve. Improve on the design constantly, continually. Add in nanotechnology into this equation. Nanotechnology is going to is going to revolutionize robotics in ways that we can't even imagine.
when those two things combine nanotechnology and robotics it's gonna it's gonna be beyond science fiction at that point so um and uh so i again to summarize i don't believe that machines artificial intelligence robots will ever be able to have innate consciousness they will have to be programmed they will have to be told what to do and will operate within the schematics uh that are created for them they'll be able to improve on those things they'll be able to elaborate but but consciousness is not a function of computing computational power well said tim and man this is um very powerful this is one of the most bone chilling and i do a lot of interviews this is one of the most bone chilling interviews i've done in a while because it's real because we're talking about things that are already unfolding and it's I easy i don't to even plot know the to trajectory say, it's easy to plot the trajectory and uh, what I find to be most fascinating is that the, the, the book of Revelation, John, the apostle John on the island of Patmos in the first century, he was in the Lord, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he and he was given this information. These things were revealed to him in a cryptic way, in a in in symbolism and metaphor. But it it overlays what's happening. It overlays the trajectory of the post of posthumanism. And that is to me most astounding. That's the reason why I wrote the book Birthright, the coming post-human apocalypse and the usurpation of Adam's dominion on planet Earth. You can overlay the biblical narrative with the things that are happening and see that these things were predicted in advance because there is an impetus behind everything that's happening. It's not money and it's not power. It is nothing less than open war with the creator himself that is the impetus that is what is pushing all this forward that and that alone is the end game it is to make war with the kingdom of heaven open war kinetic war and um and this and this has to do with uh, this character who the bible who the the scriptures um ambiguously designate as the dragon who's leading humanity and post-humanity who's leading humanity into post-humanity and then post-humanity into open war with the son of god and the kingdom of heaven and it is a kinetic war it is a technological war and that is the end game and so i am not a pessimist because i know how that i know who wins that war ultimately and so I'm not a pessimist at all. I'm a realist, and I understand where things are going. And I think that for people listening to this, the big question throbbing in their mind will probably will, will probably might prob might be, let's say, what, how then should we live? Let me say that again: the question throbbing in people's minds in response to the things that we've been talking about is, how then should we live? Well. I would say, and I always say, you must comprehend the gospel of Christ and understand and teach your children the importance of 
remaining human as all of this unfolds, of, of preserving your humanity. It's the two questions. What is the purpose of mankind? And is our humanity worth preserving? You have to understand the purpose and why we should preserve our humanity. And that is the most important thing that anybody can do at this juncture. Because those two questions, what does it mean to human? Let me let me say it more succinctly. This is actually the way I say it in my presentations. What does it mean to be a human being? And is our humanity worth preserving? Both of those questions are answered within the biblical narrative in a way that no other religious texts, no other manuscript provides the, the succinct and and let's say elegant response answer to those questions like the hebrew scriptures like the bible and um can you do another about uh, another 30 minutes or sure. so <laughs> and some people are probably that hear that it, like man like we still have another 30 minutes with timothy alberino like because man you've been on fire man and 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 one thing i've noticed with a lot of your interviews you you start off you start off you know kind of how i do in a lot of my interviews uh start off just ca casually just you know discussing whatever your material the responding to the questions being asked or whatever but man i've i've noticed as of late especially within this interview man you've gotten fired up why before we go a little bit further why do you get fired up? Like, what is it? Well, what, what's that spark? What's that draw that keeps you? I, I think the short answer is because this is what I was created to do. And, uh, and I'm fulfilling my function, my purpose in, in articulating for people what's coming and where we are and where we're going. And, uh, and it, it, the story that we're caught up in, you know, the this this the, the we're, it's like C.S. Lewis said that the that the that the the biblical narrative is is an epic myth that hap that just so happens to be true, and it's this it's the unfolding of this narrative that gets me excited, and and animates me and motivates me. Because we are entering into a period of time that is almost totally unprecedented in human history. And I'm not a Luddite. I don't believe that technology is bad at all. I believe that it takes great wisdom. It takes great wisdom and virtue to properly develop and constrain technology so that it is beneficial to humanity. And we are not a people of great wisdom and virtue. Uh -uh. We are a people, we are a people that has devolved. <laughs> we are a people who are degenerate and, 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 and have, uh, have become foolish and, reprobate in our minds generally speaking and you, when you put technology into the hands of un of the unrighteous it's like 
putting lighters in the hands of of toddlers and and setting them free in a dry field. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. And and it, it is so apparent to me that society is becoming increasingly reprobate and degenerate at the same time that technology is accelerating. That is a bad, bad combination. As I said, it takes an incredible amount of foresight and wisdom and virtue to develop technology in a, in a responsible way. And it, and that's not what's happening. And so it, it can only lead to disaster. Um, and it takes it takes an exceptional amount of wisdom and virtue to be a self-governed society. And this is what the founding fathers knew. And that's why our society is disintegrating. Because we are no longer a virtuous people. And we're very selfish, self-centered, degenerate generation. I agree. I totally and so, agree. And so we ruin everything we touch. We ruin everything we touch because we only think about ourselves. We only think about the present. We have no desire um, to, to, preserve, to preserve society for future generations. To, to, we don't think about posterity because we become exceedingly self-centered. And technology is just making us increasingly so especially social media. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very sad situation. And um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't see it improving in terms of the, the general, the general virtue, the virtue of the general public, let's say. Um, and so uh, to me, that's a very bleak, situation because i know that my children are going to grow up in a society that is uh, that ha- that is uh, that is insane and that has access to incredibly dangerous technology and uh i'm terrified man i'm terrified i have my wife is in the in, our, in the bedroom with our four-month-old child i'm, I'm terrified and, I mean? and and because you're sensible and if we were a virtuous people and we had virtuous leaders and we had virtuous scientists and we had virtual virtuous uh, um, technologists, then it would be a different situation. But we are becoming not only are we becoming increasingly degenerate, we're becoming increasingly stupid. Each and, generation, uh, each generation is a byproduct of the previous generation. We have to be and better the, than the previous, and they, that's how the wheel will keep on. But it's not each generation continually gets worse. You can go. We are, you know, we, we we are continually offshoring our intelligence to to computers, to AI. We're Something. outsourcing. We're outsourcing human creativity and intelligence to 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 artificial intelligence increasingly, and so what happens is we our brains um gradually begin to decrease in capability it's just like if you learn a language 
and you are living in a culture where they speak this foreign language and you're constantly using it, you're going to be you're going to become better and better, more proficient at that language. But as soon as you divorce yourself from that culture and you're no longer practicing that language, you will forget it. And it's the same thing with 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 the human brain. The more we outsource um, our intelligence to, to AI, to computers, uh, the less capable our brains will become and those of our children. And, uh, and that's why you have something, for example, called TikTok brain, which is a, which is a real thing. TikTok brain is, a, is young people are losing the ability to, to, to engage with any content that's longer than 30 seconds or something like that. It's they TikTok. want everything. They want everything now fast, quick. It's instantaneous gratification. And so if you have a teenager and you say, sit down and watch this hour long documentary that's slow and packed with information, they can't do it. They literally can't do it. Their brains can't process information like that. Anymore. What are you talking about, Tim? You're a boomer. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like fast food. You know, it's like it's like fast food for the brain. And and of course, TikTok is weaponized to do this. Um, and so uh, it's it only makes sense that we all that we that we continue to we were going to have to continue to, as I said, to outsource our our cerebral ca capacity to artificial intelligence because we're not the human beings we used to be. You know, and I write about this in the book. We, we are not experiencing an evolutionary ascent, Darwinian evolutionary ascent. We what we've been experiencing for thousands of years is is devolution, degeneration, mm -hmm. you know, and we talk about all the artificial intelligence and all of the things that are coming in regard to the, the biotechnological revolution that's unfolding. But let's not forget that as all of this is unfolding, that the human biology is gradually degrading. We're degenerating, not just in a moral sense, but in a physical sense, in a biological sense, we're degenerating, you know, by the year 2020, by the year 2045, the human sperm count is going to zero, zero. And unfortunately, lots of people watching this are going to throw out everything I've just said because I made a what a, a some sort of a satanic symbol here. Uh, <laughs> it's just zero, folks. Um, the human sperm count is going to go to zero by 2045. And so human beings are going to become reproductively inviable. You see, all of this is happening. It's not, it's not incidental. None of this is incidental. None of this is happenstance. None of this is coincidence. It's, it's being coordinated like a theatrical play. Uh -huh. Just when we're running out of our genetic rope, so to speak, for reproduction, what do we have? Artificial wombs. Artificial wombs are coming. So, um, it's, it's coordinated and, uh, it's, it's amazing to watch unfold. It really I'm, is. It's, it's astounding. I meant to ask you this a while ago when we was talking about it. Um, but I didn't want to cut you off cause you was on fire, man. Um, so do you think that the reason for this great technological leap the past, I guess, hundred years is due to this unseen shadow force? That manipulates society from the shadows and if so maybe one reason this shadow force 
you could call it whatever you want extraterrestrials demonic demon whatever whatever it is is possibly helping with this person technologies because this shadow force needs us to be their worker bees well, and well let, let me let me finish this real quick you know be their worker bees and and work as a collective so that one day we can eventually merge with the machines and help this shadow force finally have the technology to leave this prison planet and the reason for them wanting us to merge with the transhuman artificial intelligence is so that we can survive in space and be their their slaves off planet they know if we merge with the machines we'll be the perfect slave species that can survive the vastness of space i would say that Without question, we're being influenced and directed by non-human extraterrestrial forces. And the dragon and his angels are non-human extraterrestrial forces, by the way. Um, and uh, and there's different factions involved. But um, so, yes, to the first part of your question. Um, but the, the goal of post-humanism, in my estimation, from a theological perspective, is not merely to create a slave populace. It's to eradicate the offspring of Adam and Eve. And, uh, you know, I often reference the Chronicles of Narnia. If you recall the Chronicles of Narnia, the rightful rulers of Narnia were who? The sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. And the objective was to, to, to keep them in this, well, in that, in that case, in the Chronicles of Narnia, was to keep them from occupying their thrones. And this, in in our, the reality that we're living in, it's it's to dethrone them, to usurp the dominion of Adam and Eve on Earth. I've shown this a few times. It's a nineteen. It's a Time magazine from nineteen ninety nine. The future of medicine. Look at that. Look at this. Look at the symbolism there. The Caduceus. Yes, with a reptilian with the, snake. You know. Right. Right. Because the future of medicine is genetic, primarily, until until we develop nanotechnology, which is coming very very soon. And of course, nanotechnology is miniature robots the size of cells that will patrol your your body and do different things. They'll function like T cells, for example, and eradicate cancer. Um, they'll do all different kinds of things, but that's how they're going to sell it to us though, Tim, that's how they're going to sell it to us. Well, when you, you know put I mean? technology into your body, you have to understand that just like your computer, that technology can be hacked mm. for one thing. Yep. And, uh, and, and if it can be used to do something good, it can also be used to do something bad. And so there's going to be a lot of medical breakthroughs that we're going to have to think long and hard about whether or not it's worth um, if we let's say if there's a if there's a genetic cure for cancer, well, we're going to have to be very well educated to navigate that because if it's a if it's a human to human uh, genetic therapy, in other words, you're taking the you're taking the 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 um, the error in the human genome that's causing cancer, so there be some faulty genes, and you're replacing them with the correct human genes, gene therapy, human to human gene therapy, then I would say that's perfectly fine because you're taking human genetic information um, that is correct and replacing the incorrect information in the human genome. So you're restoring the genome with, with the correct information from, from the functional human genes. Um, 
that to me is a very good technology. It's good science. It does not cross the boundaries of of interspecies genetics or something like that. But it will evolve very quickly into taking genes from other animals, from other creatures, and splicing them into the human genome, not just to cure cancer, not just to cure heart disease, but to give human beings extra human capabilities. And there's going to be a whole market for that in the future, by the way. And it's the genetic revolution hasn't even really gotten going yet. We're we're doing gene therapy. We've got um, we've got the mRNA technology that we're using, which is very dangerous. Um, um, it could be beneficial. It could be beneficial if it were in the right hands and being and being deployed properly, but it's not. Um, uh, and I, I I doubt that really any of these technologies are ever going to be developed responsibly because the driving force right now is profit and control, profit and power. Mm-hmm. And as long as those two things are the driving force behind the development of these biotechnologies, they're going to be suspect. And uh, so we're going to have to be very well educated because I don't want people out there resisting gene therapy. If it's if it's human, if it's a snippet of human genetic code that corrects that same area in the genome that's that's um, um, that's delinquent, that's that's malfunctioning, then you're just taking good human DNA and replacing the bad DNA, right? And that is human to human genetic. Uh, gene therapy, which I think is very good technology and is much better, for example, than chemotherapy. Um, So people need to become aware of these technologies and draw their lines in the sand and, and have an understanding of what, what is going, what is transgressing, what is transgressing, for example, um, the, the boundaries between human and non-human. I, for example, will never interface with technology through my cerebral cortex. Uh-uh. I'm not going to put that technology into my brain because it goes two ways. It goes both ways. It doesn't just go from your brain accessing the internet. It goes from the internet accessing your brain. And so um, those kind of hacked. invasive <laughs> cybernetic technologies uh, are dangerous. I don't think there's anything redeeming about them. They're too dangerous for the human species to wield. Um, and, uh, I understand Elon Musk's, I understand his desire to make sure that human beings remain relevant and can compete with artificial intelligence. I totally get it, but the, the risks outweigh the benefits. Exactly. And, um, I want to bring up the alien grades for a second and give me about, about a minute, Dick, Dick, because I got a. I wrote this down preparing for this uh, interview. Um, so I interviewed Daryl Sims, AKA the alien hunter whom I've interviewed a few times and once in person, uh, Daryl Sims um, at, at a conference, uh, I believe it was in Houston, but he, he talks about the grays and, and their agenda here on earth, you know, but he he's mentioned many times on both interviews, once in person and once over just podcasts like this, that the greys are made, hatched, cloned, 
and manufactured for the purpose. So here, here's my statement and or question. And one of the things within this statement slash question, you've kind of already explained, but here it goes. So what's your thoughts on all of that? What Daryl Sims states, grades are made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured for the purpose. So what's your thoughts on all that, Timothy? And if what Daryl Sims is discussing about the grades being made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured is true, do you think that the grays are were possibly the first push in trying to steer humanity in this human 2.0 technological dystopian future nightmare agenda? I mean, they do ve- they do act very robotic in a nature. So in nature. So with all that being said, do you think that the grays are being phased out for lack of, of a better phrase? Not saying that they are not still being used or utilized, but maybe on one level. They may be getting phased out because they do not have a soul for this dystopian AI nightmare to come into fruition. The soul needs to be utilized as a possible battery source for whenever the time comes for the one for the uh, 100% human singularity integration with artificial intelligence. The in-game agenda in the one percenters dystopian nightmare toolbox needs that integration with the human soul with the machines. I know you, you already talked about that. And maybe this soul connection is why the grays may possibly be in this phasing out as we speak. What's your thoughts on all that? Well, there's a lot there. Um, In the beginning, uh, I would say that uh, uh, your first question, do I agree with uh, Mr. Sims evaluation of the grays being manufactured? Yes, I do. I think that the grays are, are some kind of, are some kind of biological drone. I don't think I don't think they're artificial intelligence. I think that they're cloned. I think that they are manufactured in the sense that there's genetic engineering that they were created to, to do what they do. Um, in regard to the question about the soul, I I don't know. I I don't think so. I think that the the objective of the Greys is very clear from the abduction material. The objective of the, the objection of the Greys in Remember that the little grays are just, as you said, the worker bees. They're the workforce. Mm-hmm. The I believe that the the intrinsic, the innate species, uh, biological species, are the insectilids who manage the abduction program. That that's the real species, and that they created the grays, or that they engineered the grays rather um, to perform a particular function. And the function of the greys, the little guys with the bulbous heads and the black almond-shaped eyes, their function is to perform the menial tasks in the abduction phenomenon, to retrieve abductees, process them, to implant the, uh, to implant the hybrids in the wombs, to extract the semen, to, to, to extract the, um, the fetuses, to gestate the fetuses in the gestation tanks, and to raise them, and, and all of the things that... Uh, are a part of the abduction phenomenon, the program. What is the program? The program is the production of human-alien hybrids that are indistinguishable from regular human beings. That's what they've been working toward. They've been perfecting the hybrid. um, And uh, and I'm drawing heavily from Dr. Jacob's work here. And and in his terms, uh, they have been creating what, what he calls a hybrid a, a near-perfect alien-human hybrid, again, uh, practically indistinguishable from human beings. 
And so the I, I think that the agenda and purpose of the grace is clear. And I would agree with Jacob's assessment that their primary purpose, their end goal is planetary acquisition, but they're doing it by stealth. It's it's conquest by stealth. It's not overt, it's covert. And uh, what is the purpose of the of these hubrids, of these advanced alien human hybrids? Are they supposed to integrate into society, into the upper echelons of society? Are they supposed to rise in the ranks of the militaries of the earth? Are they supposed to rise in the political arena and become the leaders of nations? Maybe, probably, possibly. Um, um, but I think that the the singular objective of the greys is planetary acquisition. And, and that that is what the abduction program is about. They are the antithesis of the Borg from Star Trek. The Borg from Star Trek, obviously a fictional faction. The Borg from Star Trek uh, assimilate other cultures into their collective. The Greys do the antithesis. The Greys assimilate themselves into cultures and take them over covertly from within, without firing a shot, so to speak. And it's a much more ingenious and insidious modus operandi. And so uh, I don't know that I would go beyond speculating. I don't think I would speculate beyond that because there's no evidence that the greys are interested in souls. Now, I will say this. Uh, the late Dr. Carla Turner um, wrote extensively about a device that showed up in a lot of the abductions interviews that she conducted. It's a black box. You've probably heard this that sometimes is positioned at the top of an abductee's head as they're laying prone on the table, on their back. And uh, the abductee will often ex describe the sensation of being sucked out of their body, mm -hmm. like their consciousness being drawn out of the body and had something to do with the black box, and then a new body being brought in, a clone body, and then their consciousness going back into that body. So have the greys developed technology to be able to extract human consciousness, whatever that is, the human soul, from the body and place it into a new body? I don't know. There is interesting. Um, there is there are interesting interesting anecdotes, stories from the abduction material about this black box device, and the transferring of souls. So, I don't know as it pertains to Greys and their interest in the human soul. Um, I think it's quite clear that the Greys have perfected cloning, and genetic engineering. Um, and so does that also mean that they can extract that element, that conscious element in the human body, extract it, hold it, and then reinsert it? I suspect that they may be able to do that, but I'm not sure what the what purpose there would be beyond uh, using that technology for clones. Maybe because they're know. stuck within this, in their whatever dimension they are in and they can't progress as a speed extraterrestrial species. Without I don't think so because the, the whole objective here, everything that's happening within the abduction phenomena is, is in service to the production of advanced human alien hybrids or alien human hybrids. That seems to be the, the primary overarching goal. Um, I don't see that the insectolins, for example, which are the, the primary species here involved, um, I don't see uh, 
some kind of an agenda to attain a soul for themselves or something like that. That's all rank speculation. Uh When you talk about the soul and consciousness, you are in very murky waters. We don't understand consciousness at all. We don't understand consciousness at all. Uh And so um, when we talk about these things, it's, it's, it's all rank speculation, which is perfectly fine. Um, but we know what the greys are doing, actually doing. They're creating human hybrid, human alien hybrids. Um, for what purpose? Again, I would I would concur with with uh, Dr. Jacobs, planetary acquisition. Um, but beyond that, who knows what what else they're doing or or or, or why? But again, keep in mind that the little greys are not the the native species it's the insectilids those are the native species or at least appear to be the native species and we will end on this this final um quote i pull from your book um and question i have after this quote well this this will be where we end this discussion for this time timothy um this was from actually See, I got it wrote down on this one. <laughs> this is from your book, Birthright. Um, the post chapter, the post-human paradigm. Um, aside from modifying the genes of human embryos, scientists all over the world have been creating genetic chimeras by blending the DNA of various species. In 2011, the Daily Mail reported that British scientists had secretly created more than 150 human-animal hybrid embryos. The research was made possible by the Human Fertilization Embryology Act passed in 2008, which legalized the creation of of a variety of hybrids, including an animal egg fertilized by human sperm, cybrids in which human nucleus is implanted into an animal cell, and chimeras in which human cells are mixed with animal embryos. And I love your book by the way i need to get the physical copy but my question will go along with that quote from your book and this will will end up in this discussion with your thoughts do you think that these alien greys and and possibly other alien species are actually chimeras genetically modified in a lab by these post-human dystopian elites and like i mentioned before with daryl sims talking about it also saying that they are hatched cloned and made and manufactured also, if most of the alien species, including the greys, are a form of these elites experiments, are they chimeras that are mixed with the genetic material from us humans? Almost like a genetic experiment that is working to push society towards a transhuman alien hybrid future. No, I don't think we have anything to do with the greys. The greys are created, in my estimation, by the insectilins. Or in service of the abduction program. Of the of the hybridization program, that's what the greys were created to do. Um, is it possible that the greys are a native species themselves? It's possible, but it appears that they're clones for several reasons, and created by the insectilins, not created by human beings. We do not have. We, we, I don't believe that the U.S. government, the CIA, or something has been perpetrating the abduction phenomenon. I think that's a ludicrous idea for many reasons. It's an illogical proposition. Um, clearly, this is extraterrestrial technology, and these are extraterrestrial entities. Now, might they be from the inner Earth? I suppose that's a possibility. 
But if they're from the inner Earth, couldn't they just as easily be from the interior of Mars? Right. So, um, again, um, I believe that the the purpose and the function of the greys is apparent. It's apparent in the abduction literature. Well said, man. Tell you what, Timothy, mine is blown. Uh, very fascinating discussion. I got. I have to get you back on. You know, hopefully, because I still have a lot of notes that didn't make this discussion. Maybe this will be part one of the discussion. But, um, but yeah, th this was very powerful, and and hopefully a lot of people will get a lot from this uh, interview, and people that don't even know who you are will start following you because your research is very vital. It's, it, you are a very powerful researcher with a great insight to how this, where we're going, our past, present, and future, you know, uh, this, and this dystopian nightmare that we're living in. But one last time, go ahead and uh, throw all your stuff out there, your links, books, and do you have any future projects coming down the pipe? Um, social media, Timothy Albrino. YouTube, Timothy Albrino. The book, Birthright, Amazon, com walmart.com barnesandnobles.com um and the website is timothyalbrino.com tim thank you very much man it's a treat honor a privilege my pleasure